knew there were so many songs out there about pie? Well, we are certainly learning that this morning. Uh, also, we're going to talk to you now with Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun. But Vaughn, you must love pie, right? I'm sitting here, Simi, going... Is she going to ask me about Nickelback or is she going to ask me about pie? Ooh, I'm never... ready for both. Are you? Pie. Let me say a couple of words about sugar pie. And I if their listener pie. has any small children listening, you might want to send them out of the room. <laughs> I grew up in Quebec. And let me tell you that poutine is not the most dangerous food that was in invented in the province of Quebec. That was sugar pie made with maple syrup and little else. And the only reason I have any of my teeth, Simi, is because I left Quebec when I was 15 years old. So <laughs> if anybody out here knows where you can find sugar Ooh. pie, don't tell me. I don't want to know. I know what I'm bringing to you next time I come to visit. I am finding, or I'll make you one of those because that sounds delicious. Now, I also want to ask you about Nickelback because I was la- every time yeah. we run the clip in the news of Chad Kroger from the Junos last night, I think, boy, there's Chad Kroger selling, selling some scores. I have a great fondness for Nickelback because when my daughter was little, uh, she was a huge fan, and they came to Victoria and played the arena, and she wanted to go, and she was too young to go by herself, so I volunteered to take her, and I was grandly informed that I was not cool enough to to go to a Nickelback (laughs) concert. So we drafted our good friend Justine Hunter from the Globe and Mail. She was then working for the CBC. And Justine put on her leather jacket and took Elise and her friend to see Nickelback. So I've probably ruined Justine's reputation by saying she was deemed to be cool enough to see Nickelback. But I was branded not cool enough. So I'm very fond of Nickelback for that reason. Well, I I think they get a bad rap. But clearly they they feel that, right? Everybody likes to yeah. make fun of them. They must know like that. BTO, That's right. BTO, when I was music critic, BTO was kind of disparaged as, oh, well, you know, they cater to working class kids and they and they play right songs for top 40 radio and they're not really, you know, revolutionary or intellectual enough. And uh, yeah, all true. But my God, they were a lot of fun. Yes, they were. And they still are, right? Yeah, still yeah. are, as is Nickelback. But let's talk a little bit about some politics, too, yeah. this morning, Vaughn, because I want to ask you about this shooting that happened in Nanaimo that has the mayor there kind of worked up. Yeah, so, you know, I went to high school in Nanaimo. I'm very fond of the place, and it's pretty shocking what's happened in Nanaimo. I was really struck with uh, Nanaimo Mayor Leonard uh, Leonard Krogh. Uh, he was on Global yesterday afternoon and last evening talking to the media, and the language he was using about the situation in Nanaimo uh pretty disturbing. Uh, he, he, he used the catch and release thing. He talked about how he's been asking for three years for involuntary treatment, involuntary care of the mentally ill. He talked about how you try to deal with homeless encampments and they just move around the city like whack-a-mole. So he put the provincial and the federal government on notice that enough is enough. You've really got to step in and deal with this and stop announcing slogans and start delivering results. And all that matters, Simi, because Leonard Krogh is a new Democrat. He was a member of the NDP government way back in the 1990s, and he was uh, an NDP MLA when they were in opposition under John Horgan. And he left in 2018 to run for a mayor of Nanaimo, because Nanaimo was in a mess, but he's a very popular mayor there. 
And that's a wake-up call speech from a longtime New Democrat to the NDP government. Stop confusing media releases and promises with results. What's happening on the ground in Nanaimo is really disturbing. It really is, which I guess goes towards this bail reform announcement that yeah. we've been talking about the last couple of days. But I find that even after talking to Justice Minister David Lametti yesterday, Vaughn, it's frustrating because there's no real concrete examples here of what they're going to do. Uh, that's true. And again, to just take a line out of what happened in Nanaimo, that was a vigilante action. That's local residents fed up with the fact that the police and the governments aren't doing anything. This guy had his tools stolen, his livelihood stolen. He discovers that the tools are there in the homeless encampment. He and a bunch of friends go and try to take them back. They shouldn't do that, right? That That's the police and the authorities tell them. Everybody says, don't do that. The guy gets shot. He's in serious condition. But Simi, that's what it's come to. In, you know, as I said, a lovely town, very fond of Nanaimo, uh, foot on the ground community, NDP mayor. And he's saying, like, you know, you've been talking about this too long. You mentioned the the bail reforms. When are they coming? Well, Lametti said to you yesterday, the justice minister, they're going to try to get the bill before parliament. Uh, They're going to try to get it through. They're going to try to get the changes done. I'm sure he's sincere. At least he sounds like it. Take him at his word. But there are huge obstacles to getting this done. There's a lot of pushback, Simi, coming from different communities, uh, legal profession, academic community, judicial uh, activists sort of saying uh, this isn't the way to go. I would say the public thinks this is the way to go, and if governments don't wake up and deal with it, they are going to be facing a huge political problem. As I said, I think the mayor of Nanaimo spoke for an awful lot of British Columbians with his enough-is-enough comments yesterday. I think so, too. What did the Attorney General Nikki Sharma had to say about this? Well, you know, she got a, they had a press conference yesterday, uh, Sharma and uh, Farnworth, the Solicitor General, Public Safety Minister, and they're talking about what they got out of Ottawa, and they're celebrating the fact that they think they made progress, and it appears they did. But, you know, at the end uh, of the press conference yesterday, Sharma's asked, well, you know, what's the province doing? And she said, well, you know, the province is... Uh, take an action on its own and you may remember uh, four days into David Eby's time as premier the province issued a directive to prosecutors to uh, resist bail to argue against bail for repeat violent offenders again the catch and release thing well Sharma's asked yesterday, it's been five months, so Sharma's asked yesterday uh, how's that going, how much progress have you made And she says, too soon to tell. She says, doesn't sound like they're even keeping a record of how many bail applications prosecutors have resisted and judges have gone along with. We don't have the stats. So it was a big announcement. It was David Eby got a lot of credit for trying to do this. But we don't know if it's working at all. And the government Simi doesn't know if it's working at all either because this increasingly looks like a government that confuses media releases with results. Yeah, uh, on that note too, let's talk about the housing situation because it feels like the story is changing, at least from the government perspective on this. We talked about this, Simi, when David Eby announced the new rules on Strata and immediately critics said, what you're doing Uh, by opening up strata to 
everybody by eliminating uh, the grandparenting thing uh, in strata, uh, you're going to lead um, you're going to lead to stratas converting to seniors only because that was the one thing they allowed. They said they thought it was important to protect stratas uh, for seniors if that's the way the people living there wanted it. And immediately people said, well, hey, <laughs> to keep out young people and families and everything, Stratus are going to vote to go seniors only. And I, I remember, you know, the question went to David Eby, and he said, that's not a loophole. That's something we intended. And yeah. the government said, oh, there aren't, no one's going to do this anyway because it will affect the value of your condo. Well, people are doing it. And uh, again, uh, our, our colleague Richard Zussman had a report yesterday saying uh, some woman, she's 30 years old, and she says she finds herself in a retirement home because she bought in uh, when it was open to everyone, and now they've converted to 55 only, seniors. Eby gets asked about it, and he says, yeah, we're going to look into that loophole. He said it wasn't now it's, a loophole. Yeah, now it's he a loophole. said they knew this was going to happen. It, he he claimed it wasn't a bug. It, he claimed it was a feature. Yeah, I seem to remember the housing minister, Ravi Kailan, saying, oh, this is a good thing because seniors oh, yeah. need housing too. Exactly. And they explained, you know, that uh, we didn't understand the housing market. Uh, uh, condos wouldn't do this because it would reduce the pool of buyers for condominiums in the future so people would be undercutting the value of their investment. I mean, Stratas are doing this because that old phrase in the leases, quiet enjoyment. Whether you agree with them or not, people think that a seniors-only residence is going to be quieter and more placid and all those other things. No one's going to be playing nickelback in the middle of the night. And it, it's not fair, as people have said, to younger buyers, all the people that the government was reaching out to. EB now says they're going to have to figure out a way to close the loophole. Well, uh, that particular horse has already left the barn, I think, at a lot of condo projects. It sure sounds like it. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.